Hello, this is Dan Bender, executive producer of the Singles Podcasting Network. Today, I'm excited to present Single Living, a podcast that brings you straight talk on everything that concerns today's singles, including relationships, dating, travel, and financial security. Single Living is hosted by Rich Goss, a well-respected expert in the singles industry. He is the author of eight books on dating and has lectured on the subject in over 50 colleges and universities. Rich is frequently interviewed by the news media, including Oprah, CNN, Fox News, and the Wall Street Journal, to name just a few. And now, here's the host of Single Living, Rich Goss. My guest today is Jane Roeder, a dating and relationship coach in Melbourne, Australia. She is the author of 101 Ways to Win a Woman's Heart and also three other books that are available on the web. Welcome, Jane. Hi, Rich. How are you? Excellent. Happy New Year to you. Thank you very much. Can you tell us about commitment phobia? Let's get into the heavy topic. Well, Rich, I became absolutely fascinated by this topic because I was married for a long time. And I was married to a guy that there was no games and everything was pretty straightforward. And I went out onto the singles market and I, this is from my personal experience, I met men that had these rather bizarre, unexpected behaviours and I couldn't work out what that was about. Now when you say bizarre behaviours, what are you talking about? Well, it was, it was like sabotage behaviors or they didn't want to get close to me. It's like um, they'd come forward, then it's the rejection, um, the chase, and then the rejection, the chase, and then the rejection, and which is, is a pattern of commitment phobia, and which I realized later on. But it wasn't until I was on the singles market that, that I started to explore all this and try and work out what was going on. I talked to people, I did research on it because I'm, because I'm fascinated by relationships. But because I was personally experiencing this, I'm thinking, well, what is it about me that I'm attracting this? And it wasn't every man that I met, but I did meet a few men that were behaving in these bizarre ways. And also, the other thing, is I thought there's so many people on the singles market they can't find a partner. They're just bumping from partner to partner to partner. Why aren't people falling in love? You know, why aren't people meeting people? What is it that's really stopping that? And you had not encountered this problem when you were first single, when you met your first husband there. You didn't run into this problem. You were kind of lucky, but you ran in it, into it the second time around. Absolutely. And I don't know whether it's more prevalent now, my assumption is it is. However, I don't know that anyone had this problem very much along, you know, sort of back in the 70s because people got married and they went into commitment. There wasn't this big phobia out there about committing. Well, I don't know what happened in Australia back in the 70s, but I can think back to the 70s. We were just uh, getting through the hippie era where a lot of people were shacking up and a lot of people were not getting married. In fact, marriage was uh, being dismissed as a bourgeois fallacy. And uh, so I don't know if people are any more commitment phobic today than they ever were. You know, perhaps they're more into marriage and family now than they were back in the early 70s. 
Well, if you look at it, there's more single, there's a lot of single people out there today that, that are having trouble finding partners. Yes. Now, that wasn't happening in the 70s. Well, there's a reason for that, though, Jane. The reason that it's so hard for people today to find a romantic partner is because they're just too damn picky. They are. They have very high expectations and they haven't got the skills. Exactly. They have overly high expectations and as you say, they don't have the skills. I think if you go back in history, in the olden days, the woman married the first halfway decent person that came along who was willing to put food on her table and support her family. And nowadays, women have this long laundry list of requirements of a husband. You know, He has to be much more than just a good provider. He has to do more than protect her from the saber-toothed tiger. You know, He has to be loving and sensitive and be able to listen and and uh, of course you mentioned the the need for commitment the women have this long laundry list of requirements for men and by the way let's not be sexist Mm -hmm. about this Uh, the men have a tremendously long list of requirements for women and I think that's why it's so hard for people to commit I think they just require too much and of course most people don't look in the mirror and ask themselves if I really found a person like this would I deserve them because my experience is everybody wants somebody they don't deserve and if they run into somebody on their own attractiveness level they, they feel insulted I mean how could I possibly settle for somebody beneath me when actually that person could be on their level but people just seem to have these unrealistic expectations and I think really that's why it's harder today to settle down with one person and maybe that's why we have some of that commitment phobia everybody thinks oh I can find somebody better there's somebody out there who will have everything on my list and not just half of what's on my list Uh, look I, I agree with you totally and and part of the journey of being single is realizing that we have to become the lover that we're looking for. Yes. You know, as you say, we have to become the partner that we're looking for because what's going on inside us creates what's going on, is what's bringing in from the outside world. So, you know, it is mirroring what's going on inside us. So if we are attracting commitment phobic people, we have to take a good look at ourselves and think, you know, what is it about me that's perhaps attracting that into my life but what I've discovered Rich is that there are people that will never commit and there are people who are cautious about commitment. I think we need to differentiate and we need to work out what is commitment because commitment is about perception and interpretation and that is what's all messed up about how people interpret commitment because what commitment means to you mightn't be what it means to me and what it means to somebody else. And, and commitment, like to me, is about being 100% there with somebody. It's being there emotionally, physically, spiritually. It's not necessarily about marriage or living with somebody because you can be highly committed to someone and not be married to them or not live with them. And And... My definition of commitment is that um, you, it, it doesn't necessarily have to last forever because we've always got choices at any moment in our life. We've always got choices. So it's, it's part of the phobia with commitment is that it means forever, but nothing is forever. Nothing's guaranteed. We can have the most beautiful partner. They can die tomorrow. They can get sick. They can be in a car accident. There are no guarantees in life, but we have to realize that commitment is about being totally there for somebody. 
Well, Jane, are, are, are you saying then that, that we can throw that out of the marriage vow till death to his part? Now it's more uh, until I find somebody better? No, that's not what I'm saying. It's not about finding someone better. It's To me, what I like to say about commitment is that while that relationship is serving you, bringing out the best in both people and it is there for the highest good of both people, it is fulfilling what needs to be fulfilled, it hopefully can be there for a long, long time till death. But for some reason, if something happens, it's not about something better coming along, but if, if that relationship change or something happens that that's not serving you, we have choices to leave that relationship. Isn't that inevitable, Jane, that sooner or later in a relationship, one or the other partner is going to change, they grow apart, they develop different interests, uh, all kinds of things happen in a marriage. I mean, for one thing, people get tired of each other, they get bored, and all of a sudden the grass looks greener on the other side. So if people are no longer committed to lifetime together, aren't you saying that inevitably every romantic relationship is going to have to end before death? No, no, that's not what I'm meaning at all because I think if we have the skills, the relationship skills, we're not taught how to create great relationships. This is our problem. Our role models, our parents were often in dysfunctional relationships. People get taught how to be lawyers. They get taught how to drive car. We get taught how to do everything but create relationships and the model that we've lived by doesn't work anymore. To tell us about the new model that you're proposing. How do we develop these relationship skills so that we can have a lifetime committed relationship? First of all, it's like a house. We have to have the foundations that are strong. Yes. We have to have really good emotional and spiritual intelligence, which is a topic on its own. Yes. <laughs> which is our ability to be able to relate to people, our ability to be able to understand ourselves and an awareness awareness of what's going on and uh, an ability to find meaning and purpose in our life and it, it's a bigger picture emotional and spiritual intelligence but that is a huge thing that we're now realizing is missing within people some people have got it naturally more than others and but it can be learned we also need to have strong core values at the foundations of a house which is about honesty integrity commitment, trust, accountability, being responsible for what you're creating. All those really strong values, it's been proven that the most successful people in relationships and in businesses are the most committed people. They're committed, they're trustworthy, they've got integrity, they're honesty. Now, you know, the trouble is now people want to have someone on the side or they don't want to be faithful or or they're not totally committed to their partner and they wonder why their relationship isn't working. How do you spot a commitment phobic before he breaks your heart? There are characteristics. Now I'm talking about commitment phobics who are unlikely to ever commit, who will break a woman's heart if she's not aware of it. They're often charming. They, the sort of guys that will want to sweep you off your feet very quickly. Um, they'll do and say all the right things when you meet them. The, the other thing you have to look for is that they have a history of short relationships that they'll often say they haven't met the right woman or someday they'll get married. They might be 45 and they'll say, oh, you know, I haven't met the right woman or someday I'll get married. If you talk to them a bit, their relationships might have only been two, three months, four months, never been married 
or if they've been married, they might have been married for a short time, or if they've been in a long relationship, they've got a, a history of infidelity. Mm-hmm. So it's a pattern with these men. It's, yes. a, it's a very strong pattern. They're different to men who are just wary of choosing the right partner. Yes, They are different. They're very attracted to independent women. <laughs> uh-huh. So because they've got this thought in their head that independent women uh, will be happy with a casual relationship rather than they won't want to get married or they won't want to settle down. Uh, they'll just be happy to have a casual fun time. And that's not true? Well, it is true for some independent women, but it's not true for, for all independent women. Okay. What, what about female commitment phobics? Uh, should the men beware of them? There, there certainly are female commitment phobics. There are no doubt about them. But what I've concentrated on being a woman, I suppose, is the behaviours of the severe commitment phobics that are men because I'm a woman. There is no doubt there are women out there and I know there's men that have been hurt by commitment phobics. And women will display similar characteristics. They will be indifferent. You know, they want a relationship but they don't want a relationship. You know, they're they're very afraid of getting close to someone because they might get hurt or they've got negative beliefs about relationships and commitment and love. The people who can commit to relationships don't have negative beliefs about commitment, love and relationships. That's the difference. And also, the other interesting thing about severe commitment phobics is actually some studies that were done by Stephen Carter and Julie Sokol, which are really interesting, uh, that they've found that severe commitment phobics have a problem with their claustrophobic. So a relationship brings up this, like fear for me is forget everything and run, F-E-A-R, forget everything and run. So it brings up this run thing that they need to run away because they feel trapped. Part of what these men um, need is some therapy on healing the, the claustrophobia which is the problem rather than the the relationship stuff. But unconsciously, a lot of them don't realize that. And unfortunately, a lot of the women who are victimized are women who think they can cure the man of that claustrophobia. And they think they can change him by loving him and by giving to this type of man, but they can't. Some of these men will never commit. They are incapable of it. They're incapable of giving love. And some of them actually have personality disorders too. And so these are the the men that it's actually quite emotionally abusive to women, but they're very charming. And when they're with you, they'll say, you know, you're beautiful, you're wonderful, you're the best thing I've ever had, but, but then they'll block you out or they mightn't invite you out on the weekend or they won't introduce you to their friends or their family. But there's a lot of mixed messages are apparent with these men that are quite different from now normal in inverted commas, but men that don't suffer from this problem. And they're not honest. They play games with women and they, they treat a woman as a low priority and they have a pattern of doing this. So it's not as if they just do it to one woman that they're being cautious of. They, they have done it throughout for many years. And, and the most extreme cases, which are really interesting, which I actually know of a, a fellow who is like this, they're not, 
most extreme cases can be not committed to anything. They mightn't own a car or a phone or a house or a, because anything that represents commitment is, is scary to them. Tell us a little bit about the bad boys. Why do they tend to attract all the women and how come the nice guys often go home alone? <laughs> you like that topic? <laughs> yes. It's an interesting one, isn't it? What I talk about in my seminars is the bad boys are very attractive to women initially, not long term, but initially they're attractive because they exhibit the characteristics that women are very attracted to, which are confidence, a bit of humor, a bit of a challenge, they muck around, they like to have fun. And often the nice guy is quieter. He's not so noticed by women. And these, the bad guys in inverted commas, they will attract the women through their personalities and, and the, way, the way they operate. And also they're not into saying to a woman, you're beautiful, you're gorgeous and playing to a woman a bit. So they're a bit of a challenge. These men, these bad boys, are, won't be the men that will create great relationships. I need to say that. Yes. Right, the nice guys have got more chance of creating the great relationships. But that's what's attractive about the bad boys. So if the nice guys can sort of mirror some of the behaviours or become more outgoing and more humorous, more confident, confidence is considered one of the most attractive things to the opposite sex. And there's arrogant confidence and there's just confidence that comes from an inner level. And the women seem to be attracted to men who have either one, whether it's arrogance or just plain confidence. It seems like these are the guys that get the women. Isn't that true? It, it is true, but uh, Rich, I'd like to differentiate because the, the powerful one that really creates great relationships is high self-esteem, which is different to the bad guy's confidence because yes. that's more arrogant confidence which is based on insecurity, based on not treating people well. People with high self-esteem have confidence but they're very comfortable with themselves and there's not an arrogance about them and they give out a lot of love and respect to people and they respect themselves too. So they've got a lot of respect and there's a great quote that says other people can only like love and respect us to the same degree we like love and respect ourselves. And I think that is the most beautiful quote because if people can feel, you know, if you like yourself, people tune into if you like yourself and that's the most attractive quality that attracts the opposite sex. It's, it's something that emanates from within people and that's what creates great relationships and it attracts people. But this, the bad guys can attract the women because some women don't know the difference between arrogant confidence and self-esteem, but it, but they can't create loving relationships. Well, Jane, let's suppose for a second that I'm a client in your office and I'm a nice guy, and of course I never seem to be able to attract any great women, and you tell me, all right, your problem, Rich, is that you just don't have enough confidence. You've got to act more self-confident like the bad boys. And then I come back to you and say, well, I don't feel confident. What do I do, fake it? No. Well, you can fake it until you make it, but yes. part of it is, you know, there's a great quote that says, fake it until you make it. Right. But, like, even with public speaking, Rich, 
for me, it has, it has been a difficult journey. It's one of my greatest fears is, is speaking in front of people, yet with my work I have to do it. Yes. And I do it because I love it and I want to be that person, but it's scary to me. Right. And part of becoming more and becoming the person we want to be is feeling the fear and doing it anyway. So yes. we have to go through those uncomfortable situations and stay in the fear to work through it and to be able to be good at that. So it's all about putting yourself in uncomfortable situations to raise confidence. But confidence takes a lot of work. It's a lot of inner work, understanding yourself and what is it that makes me feel insecure or what is it that stops me from talking to people? What is it? You know, it is a lot of self-examination that needs to go on of the inner self to think, oh, gee, that's a ridiculous thought I've got. This is all fear-based. It's all a limiting belief. It's, it's not true. It's just a story I've made up about myself because we can all be wonderful, incredible, loving, dynamic human beings. We're capable of so much potential. We're capable of so much fulfillment. We're capable of so much love. We're capable of so much, yet it's our persona that our personality and our irrational beliefs that stops us from being everything that we want to be. And, and so many people are lonely. And there's a wonderful quote by Joseph Newton, Joseph Fort Newton, his name is. He says, people are lonely because they build walls instead of bridges. Yes. Well, let's switch on to a new topic. How do you heal from the hurt and anger after a relationship breaks down? How do you heal? You've got to feel the pain. You, you do have to sit in the pain. Some people will race off and, and race into another relationship to try and cover up the pain. But rebound relationships have a great failure rate. So that is a known fact. So that is the worst thing that you can do. You haven't dealt with your stuff and you haven't sat back and reflected on how you were responsible as well. I mean, you know, how can I create a better relationship what did I do to contribute to that relationship? What didn't I give to that relationship that could have made it better? What was it about me? Instead of blaming your partner, blaming yourself totally is stupid as well, but we have to be open to looking at ourselves and how we contributed to it and how we can create a better result next time. Jane, tell us a little bit about your books. Uh, your first book, I presume, is 101 Ways to Win a Woman's Heart. Was that the first one? I wrote three about the same time, yes. Okay. But that's the one that's been published in Australia. And, and tell us a little bit about the book and what it's like to be an author and uh, what you're doing to promote the book and so forth. Well, it's a dream come true for me. Uh, I think a lot of people thought, like people do, that, you know, you, have, you, you are this person with these great dreams, Jane. <laughs> yes. And maybe you're living in la-la land, but I'm a committed person. I'm committed in relationships. I'm committed to my work. I'm committed to my friends. I'm a very committed person. And, and my book was published. So I am a person that can say to everyone that has doubts about their own dreams and their own wishes. Our dreams can come true, but you've got to believe in them, you've got to be committed to them, and you've got to do the work to make it happen. It's the same with relationships. And so, you know, to see your book in a shop is really fantastic. And um, yes. so I've been here in Melbourne. I ha have done quite a few seminars on how to attract and date women. 
for guys and they're being purely for guys so that they're not intimidated by women's and so it allows them to be they can ask any questions they can just put everything on the table and it's been very powerful and um, I've had some really wonderful wonderful feedback so Jane how can people get in touch with you they can visit my website rich um, it's www.relationship hyphen remedies.com relationship remedies.com with a hyphen between the relationship and the remedies yes and my email is jane at relationship hyphen remedies.com easy and enough i do i do phone consulting all around the world um Excellent. i recently had a client from la so uh, <laughs> on commitment phobia, so that was interesting, and uh, she spurred me on a lot, actually, with this topic. Wonderful. I'd like to thank my guest, Jane Roeder. Single Living is a production of the Singles Podcasting Network in San Rafael, California. If you have any comments or suggestions about single living, feel free to email us at comments at singlespodcastingnetwork.com. Thanks for joining us today. Until next time, this is your host, Rich Goss.